looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Great to have your company on Sunday, the 5th of December. We passed the post at Dooman yesterday, and that's the meeting we're really going to drill down on and concentrate on because there's so much to unpack out of that 10-race card yesterday. A lot of guests coming up associated with the day. Nathan Exelby is joining me as he does each Sunday morning. How are you, mate? I'm really well, thanks, David. Good morning to you and listeners, and um, yeah, terrific day at Dooman yesterday. And I think the meeting was enhanced. It was always going to be a good meeting on paper, but enhanced by the outstanding recovery of the track like here we were on thursday you know looking at a heavy 10 knowing there'd be improvement i don't think anyone thought it would get to where it was and forget when the reassessments happened and forget um, what they were the track was probably half a second outside of being a good fall yeah and i remember speaking to ross smith late wednesday night he was just had his fingers crossed that he might be able to get a, a mower on the track on Thursday. Mm. So the the, the the U-turn that took from Wednesday through to yesterday was was quite remarkable. And the meeting also enhanced by Racing Queensland you know, moving those two stakes races from last week. And um, third time lucky for the recognition yeah. and the the, the uh, Eureka Stud Classic also being able to be run. Yeah, just on that track, the, the recuperative powers, it's well documented. But I think on this occasion, many thought because we'd had so much rain the previous week and so much rain, mm. uh, and as Ross Smith said on the Friday morning on the breakfast show, he said that the track is sodden. Yes. But uh, it, it improved dramatically. So it certainly didn't affect the chances of any runner whatsoever. Probably, to be fair, also helped by the fact it had two washed out Wednesdays prior mm. to that. So it hadn't been used for some time. Good warm weather as well. So as we said, it was uh, a good meeting in itself, but a lot to look towards the future with. Let's make a start and we'll go to the group race of the day, the group three, the Tab George Moore. There was a sensation at the start when shooting for gold went off in the barrier stalls, dumped Boris Thornton, had to be a late scratching. Simply Fly came out next. So we were down by two, down to eight runners. Zoo style was a dominant favourite. He posts the first split in 36.2. Brad Stewart would have a big, big smile on his face. He's at a picnic in front. Stamby comes off the rail now to make a challenge at the turn. Baller trailing two away third. Pull to the outside. Alligator Blood up to fourth. Then Freddie Fox from Zoo Style should have plenty of gas in the tank. Plenty of ammunition. He leads away from Stamby who can't get him. Baller runs on courageously. They're the only winning chances. Zoo Style, 100 left to run, is in the lead. Stewart is riding confidently. He's never been beaten Dooman and nothing changes today. Zoo style wins the George Moore from Baller, Stampy or Hard Empire for third. Then came Senior Fox Alligator Blood, Chapter and Verse, Freddie Foxtrot, one nine six the gallop, and that's win four for Tony Gollum today. As they often say, no tricks, no surprises. Zoo style first out and first home, unbeaten at Dooman. I think it's six from six, and that was his ninth win yesterday. I mentioned there in the broadcast, Tony Gollum, he trained four winners, so uh, the, the summer carnival. Is really in his backyard at the moment. He's our first guest. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Well, um, a little bit of drama before the race. It doesn't matter if it's your horse or another horse with, with the shooting for gold simply fly uh, incidents at the barrier. But once the gates opened, one thing I liked about this yesterday, and I know I know, map-wise we own a smart one came out, so it looked, it looked to be a gifted lead. But he went through, as I said, in the call 36-2, Travelled well, no, just just travelled beautifully for 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 Stewart. Yeah, he did. Um, I think we saw that at Sunshine Coast. You know, the difference in the horse now as to what he was as a younger horse. He's able to really control himself in our mid race, and that that gives himself every chance and to be to be so strong late. You know, he's always going to carve out a good six hundred when he when he able to get them. You know, two furlongs. I guess he got them pretty cheap. And you're right when the scratching come out of uh, Dave Van Dyke's horse and. Earlier in the week, it sort of did look look good on the map for us, but they got to get out there and execute. He executed really well yesterday, very similar to what we saw at Sunshine Coast. It must be good to have him holding together so well this this time, Tony. Oh, look, Nate, I never um I never take for granted with this horse. He's always you know, been highly talented, but he's very fragile. So mm. you know, I, I hope he's holding together when we get there tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. That sort of horse, like he's always had a few little issues. Um, there's no doubting his ability. You know, he's probably as good a horse I've ever trained, but it's just a matter of everything holding together. So at the moment he's doing, he's holding together really well. But you know, as I said just before, the, the most important thing for me with him is he's given himself a chance to hold together now. Like not every run is a gut buster. He's actually been able to conserve himself in the run and 
that sort of helps him get through them. And, you know, it gives me good heart then, you know, going to, to Boxing Day with him and then, you know, hopefully, you know, to Magic Millions after that. You described him as a fragile animal. Now, you sound a bit fragile yourself this morning. Have you got the <laughs> flu coming on? Are you OK? <laughs> it's a man-made flu, mate. It's all good. <laughs> I, I always say anyone who comes on this show on Sunday and has a croaky voice, they haven't got a cold or the flu. <laughs> We don't. No, no. <laughs> no yeah, look, it is, it is a festive season, so we had a few yeah, festivities. Found a few festivities last night. We had a great day Talk- yesterday, and obviously had a few friends around last night, so it was great. Good to hear. Talk about uh, talking about the Falvel on on Boxing Day at Dooman, twelve hundred metres, the same uh, weight conditions as yesterday. He was a hundred and two <laughs> rated yesterday. How many points do you think he'll get out of that win yesterday? Yeah, you're right. It makes it a bit tricky. You know, just to, he'll probably get four points as usual, but. When they get into the hundreds, they don't probably penalise them just as harsh. Right. But but I guess he's winning quite well. So, look, I expect a penalty. Um, it's a tricky carnival, this. It's quite funny. We, we go from, you know, Group 3 back to a listed. So we, we kind of come down in grade. But in a sense, we don't really, when we, we talk about the horses we're competing against. So it'll all depend on what, what Southerners come up here. There will be other horses, you know, using the Falvalons to lead in to Magic Means Day as well. So I don't know what weight he's going to carry in that race, but it's always tricky uh, you know, this is a funny carnival for the sprinters in the way they, they put this group three kind of in the middle middle of things, mm. and it's really hard to keep winning. So, because the handicapper can get a, get a good chance to get to get at you. So, it'll be really important to see what weight he gets in the Falvalon. But the Falvalon is a very important race for the horse as far as getting into Major Millions Day. And which way does Baller go now? Because he was terrific chasing that quick sprint home. Yeah, he was really good, Baller. He found the, the exact spot I thought he'd find yesterday, but. I can't help but think that he's better a pair back in a more genuinely run race. Mm-hmm. So he won't run again now to Magic Means Day. You've seen how good he is fresh, Buller. Once he's really fit like he is at the moment, you know, I can back off him now and I'm very comfortable going six weeks, you know, to the Magic Means. He's a Magic Means horse. He's fully qualified. So I don't, I'm, I'm under no um, no pressure to run him again. So you won't see him to Magic Means Day. Just concluding on Zoo style we, we know the plan it, it's it's outlined that the Falvalon on Boxing Day fingers crossed a wild card to the Magic Million snippet sprint um, I, I know you always think ahead you, you have long-term plans what would you be roughly considering for Zoo style next year uh, staying fit and sound do me 10,000 okay yeah it's always a race I've always felt that really suits him I know you, you know, you're running some really good horses because the TJ horses from Sydney you know, come here for that race, and it's it's a it's a proper race. You know, it's wait for age twelve hundred round doom, and it probably rates as good as any race we have in the whole winter. But I just kind of feel it's a really good race for the horse. You know, he's a, he's a really talented sprinter. Um, if if maybe I can avoid the the bash and smash of Sydney, and maybe get those horses, you know, not at their best when they get up here. I think Eduardo won it this year, but I don't think he was at his best. And, I think if a horse like him could be Zoo style at his best and they probably weren't, then I get my chance, you know. You won the listed recognition with Tambos, mate. That was his second recognition, his fourth black type, and uh, map-wise it looked good for him and everything panned out right for him. Yeah, it did. He was always going to get a good run in, in, you know, on the map, wasn't he, you know? Quite funny, that horse, he actually beat me in the recognition when he won it a few years ago. He beat Vega 1, so yeah, a little bit of poetic justice there. I ended up getting him in my own backyard to to win the race with him but he's such a tough horse you know he's, he's a really tough horse he's had issues from before he ever hit the racetrack you know with uh, when, when Dallin bred him he had, he had some x-ray issues hence why he couldn't sell him through the sales and he's just been a tough horse but obviously Stuart did a great job with him you know prior to myself and I never thought I'd win a race with him to be honest and then all of a sudden things just started to click for us and we won three with him so I'm awfully proud of that horse but he, he's a really tough horse and to do what he did last, last week he had travelled to Sydney run on heavy ground come back and and win another stakes race. I think he's a terrific, terrific animal. It was nice to see his owner, Dallin Tamblin, there yesterday. He said that he always thought he was a curse watching his horses on track. So, that, so he's broken the curse of being able to be on track and witness his, his horse uh, win. Uh, the thick point I made to David early in the program, Tony, you had two stakes winners yesterday, the beneficiary of um, those races being moved and the meeting being washed out last week. Yeah, that's what we'd better send the boys a racing Queensland a Christmas card. But no, I shouldn't be too hard on them in the future. You know, we 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 always um, we always are critical of, of our governing body at times when things don't go our way. But uh, quite clearly yesterday things did go my way, and you know they, they did a good job. You know they kept them races on the card and the recognition. You know, I've, I've never seen a race move three times to be honest in all the years I've been training, and 
they just they just kept at it and at it and at it. And there was a there was a lot of um, conjecture about how they were doing things during the week. But look, I, I certainly can't complain. They actually give Tambo the chance to run in it where he wouldn't have if he went at, like he went away to Sydney last week. So I think it's been a you know a quite a, a remarkable week weather-wise. Um, I think Racing Queensland have done a good job the way they move races around and they are tracks up here in Queensland. They're just amazing, aren't they? You know, we get a couple of dry days and we're back on, you know, arguably a good four there yesterday. Yeah, for, for sure. And so with Tambo's mate, what's on his radar now? I'm not really sure, Dave, to be honest. I, I don't I don't know. Like, like I said, he's a pretty tough horse and he's, um, he's not without his issues. There's no doubt about that. But... He's done a really good job. His rating's getting right up there now. He's um, talked about Zustal's rating getting up there. So is Tambo's, and you know, he's earned it. So I don't really know where he sits now. I've probably ended up chatting to Dallin and sort of work a bit more of a plan out. He said yesterday, plan B seemed to keep on working with us with this horse. So maybe a plan B, I'm not sure. Capital Tower, he's um, he's doing a good job. He seems to be just lifting the bar each time he goes to a trial or, or the races. Yeah, he's a funny horse. He's laid back colt you know you you wouldn't um you wouldn't know how good he is to be honest i'm, I'm actually not sure how good he is to be fair he um he's a very re- relaxed sort of customer he's a very good looking horse i've had paid a lot of money for him and we're probably privileged to get him in the yard we probably weren't supposed to we're supposed to head to hong kong and we're lucky enough to get him but i don't really know how good he is yet nathan and he, they didn't pay for magic means with him which you know, is probably a blessing to be fair mm-hmm. i can probably give him you know three weeks off now and I wouldn't be surprised if he managed to be an autumn horse. I wouldn't surprised if you see him in Sydney in the autumn. He's a, he's a horse that can can really improve off a break, and he's a, that sort of horse. The more I do with him, the better he'll go. We'll, we'll talk with Steph Thornton about Miami Fly. She's coming up next on the program. But I just want to mention two others that didn't win that I want your comments on. Uh, Ashgrove in the Eagle Way, who ran third. Yeah, I think yeah, Ryan Blood had that ride again, wouldn't he? Give him a 10 out of 10, and then you know, in 50 metres, he gave him a 1 out of 10. He just went way too early on him and got back to the wrong part of the track. And I think he's a nice horse, Ashgrove, but he asked an awful lot of him yesterday, going to 2,000. Um, so I think he'll enjoy a break. He was pretty pretty tired after the race yesterday. It took a fair bit out of him. He'll have a nice break, and you'll see him back in the winter next year. And I'm sure you'll see him running in some good races next year. And put on the red light was outstanding in the last race. Yeah, she was amazing. You know, we... We, was, we sort of didn't really want to ride her the way we did last start, actually, just sort of the way it panned out the back straight. And when the 13 Barry came out on Wednesday, I was, I was pretty disappointed, to be honest. I really wanted to gate with her because she can sit much closer with cover. And Jimmy Orman had to go right back. I'd never ridden her before. And just she had a good finish on her. I thought it was a shade of, you know, Isotope-away game there for a little while <laughs> yesterday. But, but she's, she's not quite Isotope yet, you know. So, but I think she's a really nice filly. And I'll more than likely put her away now, too. I, I think I'll let the summer unfold without her. I think she's done a pretty good job. It's her fourth run on her first prep, and I think the guys in her can, can look forward to a nice year next year. Well, you're really owning the Summer Carnival. I think over the last month of Saturday racing, you've trained something like 10 winners, and you know, a lot of them are listed in group 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 wins, 41 wins for the season so far. So it's all going well. We always appreciate your time and hope this good fortune continues in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a bit tougher today than it was the other Sundays you had me on, but <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate getting on. And look, our team does a great job. And I really, I really like the Summer Carnival. It grows from strength to strength each year. And I know we need a really good quality horse to win races during it. And I'm very privileged for the horse I have in my yard at the moment. So hopefully this Summer Carnival can keep on, you know, rolling for our stable. We'll talk soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Tony Gollan joining us this morning. I tell you what, his winners didn't go unmissed or unnoticed in betting either. I'll just just to quote the figures here: Capital Tower three ten down to two ten, uh, Tambo's made six down to four twenty, Miami Flies in the QOP markets five down to two ninety. But they they bet better, and of course Zustal was rock solid. Got out a little bit at the end, but two dollars fifteen. So punters are happy as well. Yeah, wouldn't. Added up to thirty cent deduction, Zoo style, didn't it? With um, it was twenty four cents for sure. I didn't forgot. back it, so I wasn't working it out. Obviously, was, you were tallied it up. Yes, um, yeah, you know, he, he just gets gets it right most most weeks, Tony, doesn't he? So the team's going well, and he sets a good benchmark for interstate raiders wanting to come here and, and pick up some of these races. It's interesting looking right down the track. Uh, no one will challenge Tony Golden for the premiership here in South East Queensland for many years. You, you wouldn't think so, no. It's, um, How can they? I mean, uh, you know, and it depends on what he wants to do too. What is the early 40s? Well, it's up to him, isn't it? Yeah, so. the next decade is, is quite a significant time in his career. Does he just 
you know, stay in, in his own backyard and, and, and dominate, which he will, or does he Yeah, I, head I still think I'd love to see some, some younger guys come up to challenge him, and there, there always is. Everything evolves, um, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll see it change at some stage. I don't think so. It'll evolve. Yeah, well, I won't be here, I can assure you of that. I'll be long gone. <laughs> he'll, he'll keep winning premierships until, until he wants, doesn't want to win premierships. We talked about Miami flights that we chat with Steph Thornton. Let's go to the replay first. As we outlined there just before, she was the medium of very strong support and a bad barrier, but Steph Thornton made a light work of it. Flattening for home, Juan Diva, tackled by Blazing Miss, who's worked hard, so is Centerfire, eloquently dives to the rail, and here's Miami Flies, the heavily backed commodity, starting to let down, and Kizikano trying to go with it. Look at Miami Flies, 100 metres left to go, extending beautifully, racing to a clear lead, Kizikano after it, but to no avail, Miami Flies first, eloquently second, Kizikano third, Juan Diva fourth, East Asia ran fifth. Then Tycoon Evie, Fleet Dove, Centerfire, wonderful Reary, Euro Bell, Wonderbar never in the hunt, then Blazing Miss, Tara Jasmine, Lyrical Girl, Glitter Strip, and Star Rosa. Star Rosa last home in 1962. Miami Flies coming off the speed, and uh, Steph Thornton gave a 10 out of 10 here. I think uh, those who backed her may have said an 11 out of 10, and <laughs> she's joining us now. Steph, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning. Thank you very much. I want to ask you first before we go any further. How's Boris? Boris is okay. He um, he's home. He got home last night. He mm. had X-rays, which came back all clear. So just bruising and swelling, and very very lucky result. Yeah, it certainly was. It looked very nasty when it was all happening in, in those few seconds. Miami flies through barrier fourteen of sixteen. That's no luxuries. When you went to the barrier, did you have a game plan in mind? Um. First and foremost, the game plan was obviously to try and get her to jump well. She's a bit quirky out of the barriers, which is something we've been working on in her trials prior to her run yesterday. Um, and, look, I thought she jumped well for her. Still, obviously, that, that touch slow, but ultimately, whatever she did out of the barriers, the plan was to go forward and, and try and slot in somewhere, whether that was in front, whether that was outside the leader or, or wherever, we, wherever we could get that was the best position and... I probably didn't think it would work out the way it did yesterday, but I'm um, I'm certainly happy that it did. <laughs> so once you're in that that great spot, you're then going to make sure you you seal the deal and that you didn't strike any traffic and you were able to get her into the clear pretty comfortably on the turn. Yeah, absolutely. I like I saw saw the spot we wanted, and fortunately she's a she's turned into a a real furnished racehorse. She's um, really putting things together. As I said, she's still got her quirks, but she's. Um, really starting to, the penny's really starting to drop with her and Kizikano did try and put a little bit of pressure to hold me in prior to the corner but she was just travelling way too well and was able to give herself daylight and, and do all the right things in the straight. Time goes so quickly, it, we've got to remember that that Gold Coast, it doesn't seem that long ago but it was two and a half months ago, she's had a, a trial at Dooman, was she getting a little tired at the end? Um, look, to be fair, I think she possibly was always going to improve off whatever she did, but she actually had a jump out as well. So she had two trials leading into yesterday and I thought she was well and truly fit enough for the assignment. And I think no matter what come at her, she was always going to hold them at bay. So I thought she did a really good job. Sugar, um, Spirit of Boom has been a, a good stallion for you because he's also the sire of your first stakes winner there for Tony Sugar Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a, lot, had a lot of luck with Spirit of Boom, so <laughs> he might have to go on tough as my favourite sire. <laughs> well, you're having a good season. There was 18 wins after yesterday, 18 Metro wins after yesterday. Let's talk about this filly in the third race. She's unbeaten, Gypsy Goddess. Tell us what happened coming to the turn about the 500 metres. It looked looked nasty. Yeah, unfortunately, she, she got quite severely hampered. Um, it's All Talk got checked in two pairs in front of us, which... The backlash of that came on to Kabosh, which then came on to us. So it it was a, a little bit hairy for a few strides there. And unfortunately, it was just a big chain reaction. Um, it was a bit hard to, to read on the replay what actually happened, but mm. it, it was a chain reaction. And not many horses can cop that sort of interference, especially at the business end of the race, and then be able to pick up and still win the way she did. So it was, um, it was ultra impressive. David's placed her 
perfectly and she couldn't have had a better record. Sounds like she's been a bit of a surprise packet for David. Expectations were low when she first went to the races and it's borne out the fact she started $26. But now he's thinking that she may even develop into an Oaks filly next year. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think she's going to just continue to get ground. She um, has obviously got a great, great lung capacity and she relaxes so well. Obviously, when you're first stepping up to that trip to the 2000, you really want to see them just relax and get an economical run and, and give themselves every chance to finish off. And that's what she did. Albeit she drew a good gate, we were happy just to let her find her feet wherever that may be, most likely back in the field. And she just switches off so well. She relaxes and then as soon as you press the button and you want her to go, she's she's bang on the job and she's um, she's a real racehorse, which is great to see. We shouldn't assume, but, but well, I'm assuming that she'll go to the Grand Prix in a fortnight? Yeah, I believe that's mm. the plan with her. Excellent work. 2,100 metres, Group 3 at Eagle Farm on the 18th of December. Steph, good day yesterday. You're having a good season and uh, I know Miami flies. It's lovely when a jockey can, can get on a horse and stay on a horse and develop an association. That's certainly what you've done with Miami Flies. Yeah, absolutely. I've um, been very fortunate, obviously, since I sat on her at the Gold Coast Pink Ribbon Cup day. I've been able to partner in a bit of her track work and her two trials. And I think because she is a quirky mare, being able to work with her away from the races really helps with riding her race day. She's um, got those few tricks. And I think the better association you can have with her, the more it's going to help her in the long run. Obviously, she's seven starts for five wins in a second and arguably should probably be um, seven wins, seven starts for six wins. So um, very lucky to be on board her now and hopefully we can continue that association going forward. Steph, we spoke about the interest, uh, the incident with Boris um, before the start of the George Moore. So you were on a key chance in that race in Baller uh, as a sister and seeing that happen to your brother and then you've got to go out and ride a race. Does it sort of, what goes through your head? Yeah, look, um, it is. It's a tricky one. Um, obviously, when it when it all happened, um, my first reaction is to make sure Boris is okay. You know, I was I was extremely worried about him because it, it was a nasty incident, and all I really wanted to know was he's okay. And obviously, I can only get so much information before they're going to open the gates. And I suppose that's one thing that comes with being a jockey. Um, you've really got to be able to flick your mindset when things go wrong to unfortunately back to your job and as much as I probably wanted to just jump out and and make sure Boris is okay um I am employed and you know whether it's the right or wrong thing to have to do it's what we do and um obviously I knew he was somewhat okay he was hurt but he um he was still getting really well looked after by the barrier boys and the ambulance and and I know he had the right people around him so it's just a matter of fixing your mindset back to what you're out there to do and um, as soon as those gates gates open it's it's all about what's underneath you. Thanks for your time this morning you're you're a very good ambassador for the sport you're a good writer but one other thing the listeners might know you make very good choices in the restaurants you go to. (laughs) I've been watching you. We thought we saw you there last night, yes. but I wasn't sure. <laughs> you, you choose very good restaurants. We'll talk soon. Lovely. Thanks for having me. See you. Bye-bye. Steph Thornton. Oh, yes, she knows the right restaurants. Uh, Italian you are tri- again just at, in, the, in, the sh- in, the, in the shadows of the restaurant. Where you just no, 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 no. At the, power, at the table of power. Oh, uh, table of power. Of one? <laughs> of one. <laughs> <laughs> the Italiana Trattoria, Racecourse okay. Road. It's a ripper. Okay. Um, um, interesting one, David. We talked about the um, Gypsy Goddess race. Mm. Brad Stewart was charged with careless riding in that race, but found not guilty. That doesn't happen too often. The stewards issue the charge, and but uh, decided there was not enough evidence to sustain the charge. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a listen to a couple of replays. Then we've got a few more guests coming up. It was a big day of racing in Doomben yesterday. We've talked about Tambo's mate. Let's listen to him with the recognition. Tambo's mate picks them up and puts them down well. Round the lead time in 45-1-4. From Nicodemus second, Tumbler Ridge third. Sweating on a run, then Barney's Law. The Horovians now on a forward move, four wide. Then Red Chase followed by Moore, the number one getting going. Ballistic Boy trying to work into it. And then came Willow Tino in the straight. Tumbler Ridge got an inside run. Challenged Tambo's mate for the front. Nicodemus under some pressure. The Horovian giving it, then came Red Chase. The others aren't in it. Tambo's mate, Tumbler Ridge. Tambo's mate's in for the fight. He's got Tumbler Ridge's measure. Tambo's mate in front, hanging on. And Tambo's mate won the recognition. Pete home Tumbler Ridge. Photo finished third. Red chases there with Nicodover and the Horovian. Willow Tito passing a few. Then more the number one ballistic boy, Sylvia Abadi's Law. And right or wrong last time in 119.41. 
Ryan Maloney running Tambo's mate. A double for Ryan. He wins later on Rhapsody Rose. This race was run at a slow tempo and a sprint home, hence the, the bunch finish. So I'm not sure about the format of the race. These are all good gallopers, don't get me wrong. But I, I did think that uh, uh, the Horovian was uh, solid. I thought Red Chase was quite good too. The market was saying Hero- the Horovian wasn't there. He went 360 to 750. Mm. And he... He loomed to win that race. He, he looked like he travelled into it beautifully but just peaked on his run. David, we talk about the volatile betting markets in Brisbane. This was a fascinating one to watch. First of all, they went uh, Tambo's mate. He was early and Ballistic Boy just about halved his price early. Then it changed later. Tumbler Ridge halved his quote. And eventually, more than number one was where the late money was and he started favourite. It was all over the place. Yeah, it was. I, I mentioned this on the, our broadcast yesterday, this was a spectacular betting mm. race and more than number one went off the favourite at $4. He ran officially sixth. Uh, he was beaten only a length and a half. I've always been a bit a bit lukewarm about this horse just because he went up in class so mm. quickly. But I'll say one thing. He's his own worst enemy. Those um, ordinary getaways don't, yeah. don't help his chances. He had barrier one yesterday. A good jump might have seen him say where Tumbler Ridge was, but instead no, he, he was out the it, back. Couldn't make use of it, no. And, and th- then they went slowly. That was the recognition. Let's go to the winning Rupert, and uh, far from far too easy. After Tiger Heart came out, was a pronounced favourite at one dollar ninety-five. Referro leads narrowly from Zuma, California, and Able are doing it tough. Now, Stewart is on the way forward with Far Too Easy. They're followed then by Michelle, getting up to the inside, sneaking runs, and then came War Daddy in the straight, though. Referro leads away. He's under full pressure, trying to stave off Far Too Easy, who's coming strongly on the outside. Up goes the favourite, races to a clear lead, and it's all over, Red Rover. Far Too Easy stretching away is going to bolt in. Zuma, California, second. Jackson on time. Flew out wide and got third. Then War Daddy, Meadows Paradise, followed by Michelle. He didn't come on. Then Enabler had a tough run. Referro dropped off. And Bayerish last home in 1986. Yes, this is, I think, the first race where we thought, well, this track is not far off a good four, breaking the 110. And uh, he's the real deal, this horse. Oh, isn't he, Watson? He, he presents as like an old cart horse in the yard. He just walks around with his head almost on the ground. And Brad Stewart says the same on the way to the gates. You just feel like you've got to wake him up. But. He, um, he quickens, doesn't he? You had a chat with David McComb post-race on Sky. Uh, is the plan uh, gold edition Vero Magic Millions Guineas? He did say the two races yeah. getting to the Magic Millions Guineas, but that's the ultimate aim to get to the get to there. And he said he has no issues with him getting further, and, and Brad Stewart concurred with that. I always said that Trenton Akers was a good judge. He, mm-hmm. he nominated Jackson on time to me on Friday. I laughed at him at the time. Yes. Ran out of, out of his skin. I remember that conversation. Um, I'd love Not to too see, well, I hope. I'd love to see him just place in a maiden at weights and rather than keep running fourth and fifth in these stakes races through the yeah. carnival. But is, is he a magic? He's a magic minion to us. I'll check that for you. On, he, he, I'll take that on notice, David. Um, well, he ran in that race at the Gold cool. Coast on Wave Day, that two-year-old race. Uh, they they have to be magic minion horses. Jackson on time doesn't look like he is. Okay, uh, but his run was outstanding in Zuma, California. Uh, after those two Toowoomba wins, had to go up. Uh, you know, to a new ball game yesterday, but acquitted itself well, showed good speed and boxed on well, but the winner was in a different zone. So yesterday, of course, we saw the two country features, the Country Cup Challenge and the Country Stampede. They were early in the day. It always creates a good atmosphere this day with uh, the people coming from all around Queensland and racing Queensland and the BRC uh, really put it on for them yesterday as well. Make it a, a week type thing for them. They have the function there on the Friday night, and um, and the punters seem to embrace it based on what the fluctuations were doing. <laughs> there were some big moves. Let's go to the the Country Cups Challenge and High Harry. I think as much as eight dollars was bet when markets mm-hmm. opened on Wednesday. He ran the two dollar ninety favourite. Here's the replay. They're on the swing in the Country Cups final. Moving up on the outside, rather Salubrious takes the lead, 275 to go. Hi Harry trying to work off heels back to the inside, Brian Ish. And then came Bernie's Tiger. It's rather Salubrious under top weight, 150 to go. Two lengths clear from Bernie's Tiger. Hi Harry can't get there. It's all rather Salubrious. Rather Salubrious, 50 to go, two lengths clear. And rather Salubrious is the key, the Cups king for this year. Beat home Bernie's Tiger second. Uh, Hi Harry maybe third. A 
Rudy Bay was flashing on the inside from Jockberg. Uh, then came Doom from Little Rog. Ancient Echoes, Brian Easter's run ended at the 100. Then came Kettleston from Witterick. Further back, Necessitas, Sugar Buzz, Maratta. And Van Winkle was the last one in. Well, Dave Reynolds trains uh, rather salubrious. I had a chat with him post-race yesterday and warned him that he was going to be on here this morning on Past the Post. <laughs> I hope he's in a fit and proper state to join us. Good morning. Morning, guys. Yeah, no, I'm not too bad this morning. It's just uh, another day in paradise for me. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're, you're entitled to celebrate. I mean, uh, you won the Battle of the Bush with this mare. You, you ran third of this race last year and you won yesterday. Just tell us your your confidence levels going into yesterday. What what chance did you give rather salubrious? Yeah, Wendy and I discussed it all week. I was I was very, very confident. She carried, Everyone was fearful of the weight, but she carries that weight every day of the week. And you don't be 10 rating points above everything else in the field for for, um, for a reason. So, yeah, we were confident. It's nice and easy in hindsight, isn't it? She's only beaten six lengths in a listed race last time and coming back to country rivals yesterday. Yeah, we we um, we took it. We brought her down here to give her a run on the track. There was a benchmark 85. Um, she'd actually beaten a few of those horses, so we we're a little bit fearful if we had a win all right that we might not um, been able to qualify for the country cups or, or the Battle of Bush ever again for us. So mm. yeah, when when she was six lengths off from in that listed and the now, we, we were very happy with that. So what happens now? So she earns a few points after yesterday. She was a rating 88. What, what's the plan with her now? I'm going to ring the handicapper tomorrow and tell him he needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, no more. <laughs> Just uh, leave her be. No, she's going to have to come here. We've, um, we've probably not gave enough credit for coming here often enough, but, you know, we're bush people. We love racing in the bush. And, and unfortunately now she's going to have to come down here and try and earn away a little bit more this way. Well, unfortunately, in a way, but she got three hundred thousand in the bank, so um, she's <laughs> she owes you nothing at all. No, no, she was a six thousand dollar purchase for us um, from Clear Bloodstock, and you know, I think now I think she's uh, half to a listed, and um, she may even have a full. I think on the way, um, that's pretty handy as well. So, as broodmare prospects, we'll try and get to the Battle of the Bush next year with her, and. Um, then she can go to the paddock and be a mummy, I suppose. Yeah, the, the, this is the, the great thing about these concepts. Uh, you plot and plan for the next big one now, but, gee, she really personifies what country racing is all about. I looked at her CV this morning, Dave, just from, from the get-go after you got her, and I was going to tell you up the track she'd been at, but I, did, I ran out of time, so I couldn't do it. She's been to a lot of tracks in Queensland. Yeah, and, you know, she, she travels well. She's... She's a very tough man. She causes a lot of drama for the girls at the stable, whether it's track work or doing a box or, yeah, and um, she's just up. And some of the trucks, you think, wow, why, why, why did I go there? But, you know, that's what we do. We travel there all the time. So. Mate, uh, congratulations. Uh, it's, it's a great concept. It was a great day. And you've been able to now savour this, this thrill twice with the Battle of the Bush and... And, and yesterday, and um, continued good success, not only with her, but with your team as well. Great to meet you yesterday too. Yeah, thanks, mate. Wendy Peel go run out in the ride yesterday again, and she's going to probably start seeing more of her in town, I think. So Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, thank you. It's um, it's always a pleasure to come down and, and enjoy it. And take all our money. See you later, eh? <laughs> thanks, guys. Good on you. Dave Reynolds, the trainer of Rather Salubrious. But uh, not bad. You win the Battle of the Bush, you think, mm. will you... You know, hard, oh, hard pressed with another one, but she's she's uh, taken the, the big double. It seems to be a, a, a concept that's been very well embraced uh, through country racing to Extremely. be able to come and race for these these big dollars. Extremely. Well, that was the mile feature of the Country Cups Challenge. Let's have a listen to the Country Stampede. This was the Helter Skelter affair. Sixteen out of the barriers at the eleven ten. And the favourite found the lead. Wall Street Tycoon led by a head. Piracy's right up there was Rel. Running second, hard stride. Three out, four out, Tourmaster. And Vule's camp behind them as they run the corner. 350 to go now. Wall Street Tycoon is his time to shine. He goes for home. A length clear. Piracy second. Boingo trying to get out. VJ Day's running on. Then came hard stride. It's Wall Street Tycoon being gathered in by VJ Day who hits the front with 100 metres to go. Piracy and Boingo charging late with Awanichi. VJ Day in 
in front, hanging on. VJ Day won it by three quarters. Second, Arwanichi Boingo third, and Piracy Home in fourth. Then came Raiden, followed by Weissman, Best Guess. Next over, Zucas, Fiona. Uh, then came Vule. Wall Street Tycoon got tied in the run of the post. Uh, then came American Genius from Hardstride, who knocked up Toolmaster second last, or third last, I should say. New Alliance second last in the final one in was patented. Pat Webster trains VJ Day, who's had uh, a long history, this horse, but uh, Pat trains him now. And Bubba Tilly had the ride. He's our next guest here on Past the Post. Bubba, good morning and congratulations. Good morning, guys, and thank you. And I would suggest, and you can expand on this for us, this would be one of your bigger moments in racing for a number of reasons. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of the biggest thrills I've had. Um, just been, you know, the circumstances that we're in and, and the people that are involved. Um, you, you touched on that yesterday, obviously. It was a tough week for everyone, and Chris Caserta was at the, the front of most jockeys' minds there yesterday. Yeah, no, Chris was a big big part of a lot of our uh, lot of our lives you know it was a real good mate to a lot i've never heard one person say a bad thing about him and you know, i've known chris for quite some time now i've met him in melbourne and he um he had a big part of my life and you know w- w- when the news comes through it really broke a lot of us but, but I, I want to ask you a question just on that i don't i don't want to dwell on it too long but when you you, you boys go out there boys and girls go out there and uh and ride on these these big animals and We've seen uh, tragic uh, deaths on, on racetracks, and I suppose as a jockey, it's tragic, but you understand it because it's part of the, or it's a potential part of your craft. But when one of your colleagues loses their life in different circumstances, and Tim Bell's another one that comes to mind, it must be a bit harder to handle or, or to, to process in your mind that it's actually happened. Yeah, no, <clears throat> that is really true. Like, um, it's really hard to basically hold emotions back, knowing that you know he's looking down, you know, over top of his. Um, he's doing your doing like we're doing what we love, and for him to lose his life, something something so you know simple, other than on a racehorse, it it, it makes you think, you know, life is pretty short. Yeah, 100%. Mate, I'm just looking at your your career. You and Pat Webster obviously go back a, a fair way in your career. You've had a great and, association. Yeah. yeah, no, Pat actually. Um, I started my apprenticeship with Pat nine years ago um, in St George. Um, his wife was my third grade teacher um, <laughs> quite some time ago. And, um, but he so still picked known... you out as an apprentice. He must be forgiving soul, is he? <clears throat> yeah. No, he, he, um, he was in Charleville, oh, Jesus, a long time ago. Mm. And um, my mum and dad both rode for him when he was training in Charleville. So I've, I've had a really long, long friendship with Pat and Kel and, um, he rang me one day and asked me did I want to become an apprentice to him and I actually considered it and yeah, started that and he gave me my first ever ride, my first ever winner um, nine years ago so yeah, that was really good to uh, keep repaying him yeah. I was speaking to Tony Clements yesterday he said he bumped into you at Roma and asked you about what your, your rides might be for these two races yesterday and you said I'll just wherever I land and obviously Gary Gearan landed on the wrong leg because uh, he's, he's ridden patent and, and having been with this horse uh, for his last start win <coughs> Yeah no I, um, Pat said to me oh, probably a month ago he said I'll have a, I'll have a ride for you um, he said but I can't, can't let you pick this one because you know Gary's been coming out and qualifying them for me so I've got to give Gary the first <laughs> first pick and I said and I said to him I said yep no I understand that and Gary went with the weight relief yep. with painted it and um, yeah I don't know what happened there I think they're still scratching their heads with painting it but I was glad Gary did pick painting it because the 60 and a half was a lot easier to make than the 55 would have been <laughs> what uh, what are your sh- short and long term goals at the moment where do you want to end up in this riding business I want to at least, at least, you know, go for another 10 to 12 years and, you know, the sky's the limit, really. I'm not really pushing myself at the moment and I'll, um, I'll find my straps soon and, and, and stick to it. And my biggest goal is I've, is to ride 100 winners a season. I've come close to that the last three years. I've ridden, you know, 85-plus and I got to 90, 94 there two years ago. So I just need to, need to break that 100, 100 winners a season. Yeah. I reckon that's my biggest goal. 
you're, you're a journeyman as far as the jockey's concerned. You're not afraid to travel. Have you considered that you might want to sort of confine yourself to a, a certain district or area, or are you happy just to go anywhere? No, I've, I've sat out and considered of trying to make, you know, a Gold Coast and Toowoomba mm. every Saturday, you know, and, and, and try and slow down of travelling because you can't keep doing it. I've done it for the last five years and it's it's getting quite tough. So, um, yeah, I'm, I am still trying to work out, you know, where's the best place for me to try and base myself. So hopefully I can work that out before in the next uh, end of the year. Well, you, um, I'm sure you'll do well whatever you do, but um, yesterday was a special day, as we said, for a number of reasons. Thanks for being with us this morning. No worries. Thanks, guys. Good on you. He's written 540 winners in his nine years in the saddle, and as he said, the three previous seasons, he's been 70, 85 and 91. Mm. Hey, I'm going to get in trouble here now because you're always, you're always accusing me of beating you up or um, finding errors. Yes. Some eagle-eyed uh, punter has just uh, emailed us to say, not me, us to say that Jackson on time is $26 of the Magic Minions guineas. Okay, well, I'm looking at the Breednet sales results and um, it's got no sales results there next to him. So maybe that just maybe went through a different sale. You're not angry with that, are you? No, I'm not angry. I think it's important to get the right information out there. So Jackson on time, $26. I would, su- I would suggest that $26 would be under the odds. <laughs> yeah. Well, well... well if this is the case, it might be a good thing of the Magic Millions maiden. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. It's been a long session with Durban. We're nearly at the uh, at the post. We're nearly past the post. Let's have a listen to the last race of the day. This was the mode listed race for the three-year-old fillies. Coco Rocks runs into the, a good gallop, turns into the straight in front, but Rhapsody Rose is there to strike. Then Glorious Ruby in a sec, Miss Hipstar, Fetch and Stella Magic. On the inside, Coco Rocks, Rhapsody Rose, now collars it and goes to the lead. Can the favourite win the last in Brisbane? Rhapsody Rose went to the lead. Here's some sweepers, Stella Magic, and put on the red light, flying. Rhapsody Rose in front, she needs the post, and she got it. Rhapsody Rose beat, put on the red light. Miss Hipstar, Stella Magic. Then Marista Sister Coco Rocks. Naj Maddy, Intersect Fetch, Glorious Ruby dropped off, Lime Soda, Kindling Spirit, last. Rhapsody Rose, Ryan Maloney, riding double as we outlined earlier, uh, ridden with purpose to get outside the lead and and prevailed. She's a smart filly, this one. And the times say that, like... to. I know Zoo Style didn't go hard, but you compare that to the others like Miami Flice where they did have a genuine temper. She's not far off that. So for a three-year-old filly with the 56.5 set weights, it's a very tidy effort off the wide gate. Well, she's now a, a dual black-type winner. It was her first run in seven weeks. Chris Munz is her trainer. Let's have a chat with him. Chris, good morning. Yeah, hi, David. How are you going? I'm very well. The alley didn't look pretty, but, but Maloney rode it like the best horse in the race, and that's what she proved to be. Yeah, he rode her really well. Um, she was quite quite fresh. Like she had that break in from when she won um, six or seven weeks ago. And I've been actually since then really happy with how she'd come along. She'd put a bit of condition on and, and um, cleaned up in her coat really nicely. And, um, she just had an easy trial probably two or three weeks ago, which set her tighten her right up just for yesterday's race. Chris, her first two runs back, this time around, she drew drew bad. That just seems par for the course for her. But she did it really tough. So after that, that second one, did you have a rethink and think, geez, we've just got to try and take this bad luck out of the equation now? It was pretty much that way. And she raced um, she raced like she was ready for the 1,400, I thought, um, that day at the Gold Coast. Mm. Uh, over 1,100. I mean, she didn't lose ground. She never made ground. But she just seemed to sustain a, a pretty even sort of gallop. So I just thought then, well... You know, Damon, if we're going to be keeping getting stuck with bad barriers, we might as well just make use of the speed. And hence the reason we went straight to the 1400, which um, it, was a, it was the right thing to do with her. You're headed towards the, the three-year-old guineas. Where's your next stop off? Is it the gold edition? No, she'll run in the uh, railroad plate. OK. I'll probably, I'll probably take her there. I think the 1350 um, before the Magic Minions guineas is probably a better option for her. Um, I want to have a pretty fit and pretty hard by the time we get to Magic Millions Day, but she's a pretty clean wind and natural uh, free-striding filly anyway, so I think um, you know, I just think once she gets that Vogue run under her belt, she'll be cherry right for Magic Millions Day. Chris, she's got this reputation as being a, a bit of a hothead on race day at the races, but you're saying at home she's a totally different horse. 
very quiet in the box. You can do anything with her. She's a kind filly and um, gets a little bit um, active, I suppose, when she works for the morning. She's very aggressive and um, like a lot of good fillies, she, she sort of wants to get on with the job and um, she's certainly not an easy horse to ride track work. But, uh, you know, if we contain her energy well enough and, and just get her to relax and um, do the right amount of work we need her to, she, she just puts it all together on race day. She's the flag bearer for the stable. You've been fairly quiet on the two-year-old front. Anything coming up there in the next week or two or, or month? Not really. I've got a couple of colts and buildings here at the moment, which are sort of probably going to get to a trial, and then I'll have a look at them and see how they trial. Um, but I had a few early days, which I thought might get there, but just obviously didn't uh, handle the pressure of sort of this early racing. So I've just this year I've just tended to look after it more than, than put any sort of real undue pressure on them. Just looking at her owners, Chris, the Honourable PJ McGoran. So, Peter McGoran's uh, in this girl. Yeah, Peter, Peter's got a share in Rapsy Rose, yeah, and um, Jonathan Munns from Melbourne. They, they bred her. They've, um, they they own the filly, and she's been very good to them now. She, I think they paid 124 and uh, she's now won just over 300 I think, 330 and she's stakes placed twice, so she's certainly um, paid them back in spades. Eric Kerwin was your master when you were an apprentice, and he had a wonderful success rate with young horses, two-year-old horses, many feature wins. And you made a good point there before that that some you were hoping to be ready weren't. And I suppose it's a case of they tell you rather than you telling them what to do, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's right, David. I mean, look, you you, you don't really all, always have early two-year-olds, and you sort of, you know, in the past I'd sort of probably really tried to um, concentrate on getting the two-year-olds there, but now I'm just sort of letting them tell me where they want to be. And um, You know, I've only had the one runner this year, I think, um, prime for victory. He's been my main sort of two-year-old runner, so um, and he's just come back in the stable. But the two-year-olds that I have had early, I'm just sort of looking after them a little bit and waiting for them to um, probably race later in the two-year-old season. We'll follow Rhapsody Rose with, uh, with great interest because she is a real talent. Yeah, and you've got Stampy going great guns at the moment mm. too. Chris, another stakes placing yesterday. Yeah, he's going fantastic. You know, he's a, he was a he was a homebred Whittington, and you know he's, um, he's he ran third in a Group Three there yesterday, and he's just a real genuine galloper. Like he turns up every day and does the best he can, and he'll win one of these races. I mean, he was narrowly beaten in the Gateway this time last year, and just missed out on getting into the Stradbroke. But um, I think now he's probably looking for a bit further in the twelve hundred. Um, so we'll probably look for a 13 or 1400 free next start, but I think he's going to be well placed and should race on the speed and be hard to beat. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for your time this morning. Good on you, David. Thanks very much. Thanks, Nathan. Chris Munz joining us this morning discussing Rhapsody Rose. We've covered off every race bar one. We'll have to mention that So You Win won the uh, the 2000 metre race. Uh, third up, Jimmy Orman riding a double for Orman yesterday, uh, beating Fastnet Cyclone, Whopper T third. But he had his chance, Whopper T. I can't catch him. I laugh at that because you you uh, bagging him six weeks ago and uh, then you're on the bandwagon oh chips no. in yesterday so oh I no. did chuckle. Um, I've deferred to my the good people at racing and sports. Fifteen thousand dollar national yearling sale graduate Jackson on time. So I stand corrected, David. That's all right. I don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> Just before we get, we're going to go to a break, we've still got to um, cover off on some racing. Outside of Queensland yesterday, I just want to make uh, a special mention about my colleague, young colleague, protege of sorts, uh, Jared Wesley. He called those two races yesterday. He doesn't need any praise from me. I'm the last person who needs to praise him. But uh, the manner in which he handled both races, which aren't easy races, uh, uh, big fields, uh, different colours, uh, when uh, he's given um, a test, he rises to the level uh, I think he plays dead sometimes and just, just lopes along. But when it comes to the big stage, he uh, really stands up to be counted. But uh, as I said, um, he's a professional broadcaster, extremely well-mannered, very loyal to me, and uh, he did a great job yesterday, and I, I thought I, I needed to say that. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and have a listen to Group 1 Racing in Perth. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Keep backing Archer Park horses. They've had a field day this week, a double at the Sunshine Coast Wednesday with Avalonte and Maximum Output and Count Your Falls went up north into central Queensland for Adrian Coombe and he was successful in the first race yesterday. So the uh, stable is flying and, of course, uh, as we've outlined to you, go to archerparkracing.com.au, see the horses for sale there. Uh, any uh, percentage of the share you want, you can take. All of the details are there. 
Rightio, the final Group 1 of the Perth Carnival was the Kingston Town Classic. Western Empire was expected to win. He was considered past the post and he was at $1.20. Well, they come to the 400 now. Too close the sun. It'll straighten up in front. Pike hasn't really moved yet. Here he comes on Western Empire. He's out after them. Dance Music's in the middle. Over on the outside, Western Empire goes out after them here. Dance Music. Regal Power getting home at the rate of knots back in the field. Western Empire's the leader. Regal Power charging at it. Western Empire. Regal Power's going to knock him off, though. It's another one for the Cerise and White in the Kingston Town. Regal Power has upset Western Empire, and he's won a group one again from Kiss on all four cheeks. Behind them, then too close to the sun. Dance music, Nerf Boss Platoon, Search and Rock's notorious one, and the last of them to greet the judges, Trap for Fools. We've seen Regal Power on the East Coast mm. before. He was $14, but the price probably magnified because yeah, Western Empire right. was so so dominant. Well, he was second elect in the race, wasn't he? So, uh, $1.20. Uh, just looking, the previous four horses are going to group ones. At dollar fifty a short, a nature strip in the lightning, Rothfire in the golden rose, Russian Camelot in the Caulfield Stakes, and Zaki in the Caulfield Stakes. Doesn't happen too often. Certainly doesn't. Sounded like he had his chance too. Regal Power, uh, too good on the day for Western Empire. You're stuck wide the trip. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But um, they've uh, they took the clean sweep, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the hot pot gets rolled on the, the other one, so just totally dominant over there. Yeah, Bob Peters and, of course, Grant and Alana Williams. Let's go to our final replay. Pakenham had the, the Metro meeting in Victoria yesterday. The Pakenham Cup was the feature. Jamie Carr was back riding, and she was on the $3.50 favourite, Smoke and Romans. Smoke and Romans went to the lead for Jamie Carr at the 350 by a length. Good idea. Think where Jew battles on Mankind. Future score and team captain down the outside. But Smoke and Romans, 200 metres to go, is two legs in front of Good Idea. Mankind team captain. Smoke and Romans with 50 metres to go. Clear for Jamie Carr. She's back in grand style. Smoke and Romans won the Packenham Cup from Good Idea. Team captain third. Then Mankind long arm. Next Skyman. Award future score in a twinkling. Think we're due behind them from Constantinople. Mosh music flasher and at the tail of the field, Papalino. Smoke and Romans, a good stayer, rarely far away. If he doesn't win, he's uh, normally in the places. And uh, one of these typical horses that's been in work for a long time yep. and uh, just keeps on performing. Yeah, well placed, kept a little bit fresh there yesterday. So um, it's a, a late feature out of Victoria. Busy weekend coming up as the carnival continues here in South East Queensland. We're going to Doombin on Friday. This is a, a traditional Christmas meeting, a, a later start, later finish. We've got a lot of parties there on Friday. And we do have the Brisbane Handicap on this week, listed level. Yeah, I think a lot of interest in those nominations tomorrow, given that the recognition was programmed to feed into that race. So um, you know, hopefully there's some horses come out of the woodwork to, to make that a race to look forward to on Friday. We're back at Eagle Farm on Saturday, the Gateway. Um, is it Apache Chase or...? or... No, I think so, yeah. yeah. Just the way it's shaping, you'll be starting very short. N not much interstate interest? You heard anything? No, I'm not that I'm aware of. Fair enough. We'll, we'll get those noms tomorrow. But, of course, we've got the Just now for the Phillies and Mares. The two-year-olds, we often see something happen out of these races, the Feeling Ready and the Callaway Gal. And, of course, the Sprinters, the Bribe, listed at 1,000 metres. That's all on next Saturday at Eagle Farm following Dooman on Friday. So a BRC doubleheader, which will ensure you'll have a busy week. No, look forward to it. Good on you, mate. Thanks for this morning. Cheers, David. Always appreciate it. And, folks, thanks for your company as well. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the last hour. We've had several guests there talking about what was a great day of racing at Dooman yesterday. Join me tomorrow morning on Press Room, all of our regular panellists, a few other guests as well. Until then, have a good day. Bye-bye.